bitches. Welcome back to Jabber. Today, we have a guest who's been on multiple times before, but we never got to know who the artist is. Let me introduce to you artist and photographer Joseph Jasso. Hi. Hey, girl. How hey. Are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. Awesome. Enjoying my day off. So this is, this is nice. That is good. Days off are nice. Yeah. You know, this past month has been really crazy. So I, I've been working and finishing off projects nonstop. So now I gave myself the day off and then it's just nice to kind of have a day to float around and have a good conversation like today. And it's always a great conversation with you. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Uh, I'm just shooting. Like, I don't know about you, but like I've, I've been on a good wave of work. Mm-hmm. I, don't, uh, I, I usually get work kind of all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like this crazy wave of me just trying to like, say yes and do things and shoot and edit and get all this work done and then finish it. And then I start to go on a little bit of a down wave and it's great because when I'm on a down wave, then I can just focus on myself and my own personal projects and, and creating art. So uh, I just wrapped up a bunch of work and now I get to uh, have fun and make art. I love that. And I want to get into those personal projects later on. Sure. (laughs) So since we're doing an artist spotlight, you know, we want to know who you are, where are you from, and where do you call home now? Um, I'm based out of Los Angeles. Um, I've been here for about 10, 11 years now. Uh, It's it's been a journey. Oh, my God. I I came here. uh, In my mind, I felt like I was kind of late. So I, I came here with this huge sense of urgency, and I've just been hitting it since the second I got here. I've just been shooting and shooting and working. But Los Angeles is home. I'm originally from uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nice. And uh, that's where I started photography, and that's where I kind of developed a style. Uh, pretty much everybody that I knew in New Mexico has been shot by me. <laughs> so that's, that's where I come from. Now I'm here and this is home. I've been in, um, I think maybe four or five earthquakes now and I'm a 213 phone number. So now I'm officially a Californian. Yeah, you're definitely official now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any mentors growing up in the world of photography that, or people that you looked up to? I did. Um, not so much photographers per se, but I, I had a lot of guidance. Um, I, I would say my biggest mentor is... Um, Diane Strauss. She is a gallery owner from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, she owned this amazing gallery called Salon Privé, which housed some of the most iconic photographers on earth. I mean, Francisco Scavulo, John Waters, Greg Gorman. Um, she sold uh, John Claude and Christo's art. Uh, and some of the greats, Herberts, all these amazing geniuses. Wow. And um, when I first had uh, taken interest in photography and pursuing it as a career, she told me that she would give me uh, guidance and advice. So when I started for a few years, every once a month, I would take whatever I was working on to her and she would critique it and give me um, advice. And at first, you know, it wasn't the kind of uh, <laughs> advice or critique I wanted, but it helped. And over the years, she's been like, my mentor and really just like my champ she's championed me so much and it's 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 amazing to see like where i've come from and where i started to where i'm at now and i i really attribute a lot of that uh guidance through her that's beautiful yeah are you still in contact with her yeah 
Yeah. She no longer lives in New Mexico. She lives in Scotland. She, oh. she, she fled the United States during the pandemic and she moved to the countryside in Scotland and she's been there ever since. And the photos she sends me from, from there are just incredible. I wouldn't leave either. <laughs> awesome. When did you get into photography? Uh, you know, I have always felt like I was creative my whole entire life, mm. but I necessarily wasn't good at anything. I, can't really draw i i i took guitar lessons like i tried so many different mediums and i was never good or had kept interest in anything until photography i picked up an interest in college and i started taking photography classes and uh i majored in it and just started shooting mm -hmm. i didn't really have any like formal training other than like technical camera work yeah. Um, and, and I just started shooting and any idea I had, I would pick up a friend and, and, and shoot them and see if I can make it come to life concept wise with them. I, love that. <laughs> I shot everybody. Where did you go to college? Uh, I went to the university of New Mexico. Nice. How was that? Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, I learned a lot of the technical aspects of photography, which was great for me because then I learned what are the rules I need to break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, cause I feel like. Like people who have their own style, point of view, taste, whatever it is, um, you know, it, it's it's good to learn the the rules per se, and then know when it's smart to break it or not to break it. I found that um, a lot of my my uh, the photographers that I looked up to, they were definitely rule breakers, yeah. and they 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 also like I don't know, they shot at the most uh, incorrect times, you know, like. I think we were taught like magic hour was like the best optimal time to shoot people. And then I would discover images from like Helmut Newton where he shot people in the middle of the day, like at 1 yeah. PM in the harshest light and created these magical images. Yeah. So I, I learned a lot of the rules and which ones I could break. Yeah. I was notorious for breaking all rules in <laughs> class. And I remember I, what comes to mind right now is one of my, um, when I was at the, at ELAC, uh, East Los Angeles community college, yeah. Um, one of my professors said, your assignment is beauty. Now go out and shoot yeah. it. And I was like, yeah. all right. M my first thought in my head was like, what's beauty? So like, what's beauty to me? So I started writing keywords down my friend and he was a model, a male model. And I'd shot like his, his face. I did like some, like, it looked like, um, like a Giorgio Armani ad. That's like the type of like the contrast in the face and making him like, you know, like make his eyes pop and everything. I turned yeah. it into class. And my, yeah. one, the first thing my professor said, he was, this is not the beauty standard in the industry. This is um, male portraiture. And I was like, that's beautiful to me. Yeah. So like, that's my definition of beauty. Yeah. You know, art is a funny thing because it's subjective, right? So yeah. like, you know, to one person, it could be, the worst photograph on earth and then to someone it's the most beautiful so you know there's there's no real wrong or right way yeah. to do anything it's other it's a matter of finding the audience that will you exactly. know take it on of it you know yeah can you tell us a little bit about your style and your photography oh for sure um you know i would say first and foremost i'm a portrait artist uh, -huh. uh, I think, uh, I'm so obsessed with people. I'm so fascinated by people. The way that people present themselves to the world to me is really fascinating because everyone's idea of what's, what's, you know, for them as, as far as aesthetics wise or what they want to present to the world is completely different. 
you know? So um, I'm, I'm really interested in people always. I pretty much only photograph people. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I'm, I consider myself to be a conceptual photographer also. So like, I like to build ideas, concepts based around um, the f- people that I'm photographing sometimes, or if it's a model, then we, we get to really do a carte blanche kind of storytelling with the whole entire look. And, and I think that it's all about storytelling and it's all based in style. You know, I think uh, my phot- photography is colorful. Um, I feel like it's, it's a touch of glam. It's a touch of punk, you know, I think, but it's always has something to say. And, and that's what is important. To me, is that. I, think, I think your work is amazing. It's a beautiful storytelling experience Thank looking you. at your work yeah. and it, it has the ability to stand up on its own and you kind of, if you need to create your own narrative with it, it's everything in the picture is there. That's Thank you. I say that you do very like efficiently. I've always been a fan of images that have a lot to look at sometimes. Like, you know, it's, it's images that you can study um, images that you can kind of spend some time on. I mean, I, I, I like images that are a little bit that are arresting that, you know, kind of force you to stop and really look at them. And then hopefully talk about, you know, um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's always been my thing is like, you know, something more than just a, a pretty picture or something that gives a little bit of insight into the person I'm photographing. I mean, the beauty of the time that we live in right now is with social media, you get an idea of everyone that you work with. I mean, I, I shoot both personalities and models. So with people who have a little bit more of a personality, it's kind of nice because then we can really curate tailor images to that person and tell a story with them in mind you know and for me the most important thing is to have imagery that feels timeless uh i feel like sometimes my my style of imagery kind of goes in and out of popularity but the one thing that's always consistent not popularity but like you know uh what's ever in style for photography at the moment you know and um for me, what's always important is that those photographs are timeless. And I think, you know, me having an understanding of who I work with sometimes really creates that. And, and that's when those images become something more like a book cover or an album cover or something that has more meaning than just, you know, a photograph. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So what's your process like when you start to developing a concept and executing it what's that whole process like uh you know it's a puzzle piece it's it's really just putting the right pieces together you know we, we work in a team right i mean i think that i i i, I work in, a, in an industry where it's not just me like i don't just wake up and take the pictures it's it's consulting a team of people it's it's hair people it's makeup people it's wardrobe stylists it's assistants it's all these people and you know, each one of those individuals has their own style, right? Mm-hmm. So it's finding the person that's right for the project, right for the story. You know, like I, I would prefer to have people who uh, feel good about what they're doing and that they're being utilized at the very most, you know? So if I have a really uh, editorial shoot, then I'll get the makeup artist that can do the editorial transformative makeup. Uh, if I'm doing like a natural uh, kind of shoot, then I'll get the artist that does like the most beautiful 
no makeup makeup you know what i mean like it it just depends and it's really great because with that you know i'm very blessed that i feel like i'm the, the the head not the tail so much and i i get to curate this story and and tell the story and then i have these people who take the story from here to here to here because of their expertise of what they can do you know so it's, it's a really beautiful kind of blend of talent and experience that comes together to create these images and i think that's why they're so successful you know yeah it's a lot of communication like leading up to every photo shoot it's a lot of talking a lot of uh throwing back ideas listening to each other's ideas uh i don't really do a lot of mood boarding but I do draw. So like I, I will sketch what I have in mind and I'll give someone something so that way they can kind of build off of that. That's cool. It, it, that shows that you're a team player too. Yeah. Cause it's a team effort, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't really s- claim all the credit to everything because you know, it's all our work, you know, it's not just me, you know? Yeah. So what are you best known for? Uh, I think portraiture, honestly, you know, most of, most of my, I, I, I shoot everything. I do full editorial fashion and full body images, but eventually I'll start to zoom in, you know what I mean? And I get into people's faces and I think, uh, I'm best known for my portraits, my beauty imagery. You know, I'm so fascinated by the face and makeup. Uh, some of my best clients are, glasses brands like LAI works and, and cosmetics brands. And, and I'm, you know, I, I think I'm known for having that kind of like pop art aesthetic and, and just like creating fun, colorful imagery, you know? I love that. Yeah. Um, has social media helped gain your exposure? Oh, for sure. Social media has tremendously helped me. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, online portfolio i treat i treat my social media as like a mix of my personality but also it's a it's a great business card to what i do you know it's like an instant uh way for people to get my work and see it you know Mm -hmm. um and people can contact me directly it's been so cool I've, i've gotten some really cool jobs because people found me on social media and um or i've contacted them you know i think that's how we met right we just started going yeah. to like the same events and stuff like that and like exchange like social media. And that was like, yeah, I, think you're, I think we met at a fashion show that I was showing some of my work at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think I was taking a selfie with one of them and you came up and you just started asking me a question about the piece. And I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, I love this piece. And I was like, I was like, I wonder who shot it. Cause I don't see a name or anything. You were like, I shot it. And I was like, Oh, Hi. <laughs> that was in the very beginning. Oh my god, that's when like we when I first kind of moved to LA. Mm-hmm. I came with nothing. I had just a camera and that's about it. And like I came to LA kind of with no money, no resources, nothing. And I've I've always been I, I live by this quote and opportunities are missed waiting for the most perfect condition, right? So mm-hmm. I got asked to show my work at this fashion show. Yeah. Um and I had no idea how I was going to show it. Like, like I couldn't afford to print, frame. I mean, I couldn't afford anything. So what I did was I printed my photographs on huge um, Xeroxes, like blueprints for like architecture. Uh-huh. 
And that's what I put up. I put up, I remember like four really big Xeroxes, which probably only cost me like $10, $15 each, which mm -hmm. honestly at the time I could barely afford. Yeah. And, and I gorilla tape it up on the wall, you know? And I, I used to joke that my, my career was held up by uh, duct tape, glitter, and a dream. <laughs> most of us. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, you know, the great thing about that is because I s said yes and figured it out and had to be resourceful, um, people got to find me and discover my work and it led for me getting some jobs and you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's crazy because, you know, Xeroxes are probably like the most <laughs> unflattering types of prints you can make. They had like laser lines in them and they were super contrasty and had lots of texture. But you know they still got the they still got the message. So did their justice because it made me stop at least. <laughs> you know, but what's cool about it was you know I I learned early on, and this is a bit of advice for other photographers or artists in general is, you know, when people see something, they think it's what you intend to do and what the intention was. Um, nobody ever thought that like I made these prints because of necessity, and this is all I had to work with. People thought I did it intentionally and I made these really cool Xerox photographs and people loved them. In fact, my very first gallery show that I ever did in LA was nothing but Xerox photos because that's the, that's the format they wanted. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was a full gallery of nothing but Xeroxes. And, you know, I said to myself, Oh, I can't believe this, but you know, like other people didn't know that and it made it cool to them. You know, so I never talk down about anything that I do ever because yeah. to somebody it's the most amazing thing. And if I talk down about it because whatever reason, then I'm just ruining it for them, you know? Yeah. I think when it comes down to it as an artist, if you can make anything out of anything, really, like you have its own stopping power and its ability to like start a conversation or anything, you've done your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't mean to stop the interview right now, but for the people who are actually viewing this on YouTube, who's in the background right now? <laughs> Someone just planted themselves right in the that's front. My, that, that's my dog. Her name is Chicle. Um, she has like she has like a little inflatable donut around her neck right now. She has like a little bit of like a skin irritation that she keeps bugging. Aww. So instead of getting like you know the cone, we found this like donut for her. And it's funny because she actually loves wearing it and uh -huh. she doesn't want it off. <laughs> she walks around with this donut. And she I was going to say, it looks like she's wearing one of those headdresses you do when you, when you go on a plane or something. Yeah. Like one of those <laughs> neck pillows. Yeah. She treats it like it. Now she just pops herself wherever and she has a built-in pillow. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. It's so funny. <laughs> Chicle, that means candy in Spanish, right? Dumb. It's like slang oh, for dumb. Yeah, you know those like little uh, Mexican gums, the chicles that are like bites. Uh -huh. So we named her after that. Oh, it's because she's little, like a little bite size. Yeah, and I, I like I like funny names for dogs, like waffles, and like you know, like like mm -hmm. not real people names. <laughs> uh, my my cat's name is Pamela. So. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> So um, back to our interview. Um, 
So at the be- so we had this like global thing happen to everybody on this planet and it affected everyone. Where were you at before this thing started? God, in February and well the pandemic started in March and right before the beginning of March I was in New York. It was a uh, fashion week and also I got flown out there to do a cosmetics campaign for Amanda Lepore. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember going to all kinds of parties, taking the subway, being around so many people. And during this time, Corona was everywhere, I guess, floating around and nobody knew it, uh-huh. you know. And then in March, that's when everyone started getting sick and that's when everything shut down. And New York, remember New York was like the first to kind of go down. Yeah. And I was so lucky I never caught it during that time. Um but yeah, I, I was I was in New York. I flew back and just in time. And then a week later, everything shut down. Yeah, it was crazy. And so I was I was yeah I was living kind of by downtown then, and it was crazy. Yeah. Quarantine was hard. I am very like I have to always be doing something, and and being like this all day drove yeah. me nuts. Do you have ADD or ADHD? Uh, I don't think so, but I, I do like to stay occupied and uh-huh. I like to keep busy. And I think I'm fidgety, you know, but I don't, I don't know. If I pull focus, I can do it on my own, you know? I've never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I've, I have it just because like, it's like, <laughs> like even looking at you right now, I'm like looking at everything in the, I was like, like, as I'm listening to you, like, yeah, like, mine's going like all like different places and everything. So it's well, then maybe, maybe I have it too. Cause I'm a little bit that maybe, way. Maybe it's an artist thing. <laughs> I think it's, you know, our job is to be observant of everything and make sure all the details are, are in place, you know? So yes. I think maybe uh, it's an attention to detail. Or maybe you can call it ADD. <laughs> scientific name. <laughs> yeah. What's day in the life of Joseph Jasso? Uh, routine. I, I, I work best with routine. So I usually wake up, make coffee. I look at all my emails. I start editing. I like mm-hmm. to try to be on top of everything as it's happening as much as possible. Um, and I usually work to maybe like around four. Um, and 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 do that all over again every day uh photo shoots are a different thing it's a full day things usually um my photo shoots aren't that long usually the longest my photo shoots are like five hours Mm -hmm. like of actual like onset shooting i don't like to go any further than that because i feel like sometimes morale Mm -hmm. drops and people get tired and the excitement for being on set starts to fade so i try to cap it at four to five hours at the very most um, and I but, shoot really fast. I shoot really fast, so I try to like knock it out. But that being said, like you said, you work four to five hours, like you know, like on set. A lot of people, all they see is what's on set, but like it's a little bit more than that. Like you know, it's your part of in the morning part, and then even coming back and post production part. Like you oh, know, it's all day. It's yeah. all day. That's just a shoot day. When I'm not shooting, it's all the prep for the shoot. Mm-hmm. All the emails I have to write to everybody, all the scheduling and 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 making sure everyone's confirmed and everything is confirmed. And then after the shoot, yeah, it's it's taking the images back and choosing selects and finding the ones to edit. And it's always working on something. One photo shoot is not like it's funny because I don't know if it's uh, 
uh, people's perception of photo shoots are, are based off of America's top model or something. Uh-huh. But, you know, when everyone says, oh, we should do a photo shoot, it's, it'll be so much fun. It's like, yeah, it's fun, but it's like this much fun. And then the rest of it is just a ton of work yeah. <laughs> that yeah. nobody sees. And it's our, it's our fault, too, because it, the images are made to kind of look effortless in a way, you mm. know, but there's a lot of work that goes into being effortless, Definitely. <laughs> looking effortless, at least. What's your dream client that you have for your career? Um, I have lots. You know, I think uh, sometimes I like to go after and people who were really important to me during my formative creative years, my formative years in general that made me into the creative I am today. Um, but as far as like clients go, I, you know, I love cosmetics. I love makeup brands. Uh, I know like, when I started photography, the one brand that had the most uh, arresting imagery to me was uh, Mac. So I, w- I would love to one day do a, a Mac cosmetics ad. Um, I could totally do that. Um, but as far as like people goes, I mean, I, I would die to shoot Bjork. I mean, I would love, of course, to shoot like Lady Gaga and like some of the pop girls and things like that. But uh there's 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 uh quite a few people i would i would say but most of them have to do with my my formative years and maybe someone that i find to be really exciting right now who are some of your favorite people that you've shot so far that maybe Uh, people may know (laughs) i've been blessed you know i think like i said uh there's a lot of people that were kind of part of my formative years and I've gotten to work with quite a few of them. Uh, So I would say on the top of my list, I have this Holy Trinity and it's uh, Amanda Lepore, Elvira and Pee Wee Herman. Mm -hmm. And I have two out of three Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's been Elvira and Amanda Lepore and Amanda Lepore to me is like the ultimate to me. Uh, I always dreamed of just meeting her and I can't believe that it's already been like over eight years that I've been consistently working with her. I, I've shot images that were in her book. There's a photograph of me taking her photo in her book. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, directed one of her music videos and I, I've shot so many things, her cosmetics campaign. Um, I've Some of my favorite images have been in her and um, Elvira also, I mean, I shot Elvira. I know you're a huge Elvira fan. What? Who tells me that? <laughs> I was really lucky that I got to shoot her um, uh, in the, I think in the 90s, um, she had expressed interest in shooting for Ellie Iwerks. Mm-hmm. And I guess it never happened. And so when they told me that, um, I asked if it'd be possible for me to reach out. and she. Elvira had already, or Cassandra Peterson had expressed interest in it, and she said yes. So I got to shoot her for, I think, the third campaign I ever shot for Ellie Iwerks. And it was a dream because I shot her as the character. I got to shoot Elvira, the character. And it was really cool because she let, like, my team work on her, like, the makeup artist that I was working with at the time. He got to do her makeup, and we got to sit there and talk to her about how she developed the look for the character and what the inspirations for the makeup were mm-hmm. it was super cool. She said that um, her 
her makeup look was inspired by Japanese kabuki and 80s hair metal bands. <laughs> and one thing I never realized, but the eyeshadow goes all the way up to the forehead. It goes all the way up the face. Even though she covers it with bangs and her wig, the makeup goes all the way up. Yeah, you so, can kind of see it like when through her bangs. You can kind of see like a little hint of it. A little peep of color. Yeah, it's yeah. the details. It is really is. And it was cool because when she came to set, she was very sweet and she she came as Cassandra, not Elvira. And and we talked a lot with her and we got to spend some time with her. And her only real request is that she had a private dressing room so that way she can get it all together. And she had her assistant who was uh, the number one Elvira impersonator. <laughs> so he knew her probably more than she knew herself. And, uh, and um, she went into the dressing room as Cassandra and she came out as Elvira. She yeah. was in character the entire shoot. And it was so fun. We danced, we shot, we played a bunch of um, uh, records, uh, some B-52 albums like actual vinyl albums mm -hmm. and she was so fun and playful and had a bunch of ideas. And I don't shoot a ton of photographs when I work cause I don't want to go through like thousands of photographs. Yeah. And with her, I think I shot maybe three times the amount I normally shoot because I knew this was never going to happen again. Yeah. Polaroids, everything. We did everything and it was great. I love that. And this, this is like, this is such a delight to hear all these things coming from you right now. From the yeah, inside. She's great. She's so great. There's a reason why I think I know people have longevity and it's because they treat people good. We all left that day feeling great about working with her and have nothing but good stories about her, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like people who have longevity in their careers like that really understand how important other people are um, to maintain a career. And she made everybody feel amazing. Yeah. And that's what's something special about, her just because she's not only been in this like industry for so long but she she understands how to treat people because she is a person herself and she's yeah. she's she's amazing yeah go follow, go follow the real alvira doc or whatever her handle <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know like i've got to shoot some ideas that meant a lot to me um you know i i'm, I'm very lucky and it's been the result of a lot of hard work and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of figuring it out, you know, like, yeah. like it's gotten, it's gotten easier and things have gotten like better. I've, I've been able to have better accommodations for everybody and shoot in studios that are nice and like have better equipment and things like that. But it all started from me having to always just figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. Know? What's the, so considering it's October 11th, <clears throat> just to keep in show notes. Uh, what's one goal that you have for the end of the year? Uh, you know, I have been very lucky in the sense that I've been working the majority of the pandemic, um, but it's been more of a gun for hire type situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been shooting for other people and, and their brands or their projects or, you know, whatever they need. And, uh, I kind of rode that way for a while because I was very grateful to still be working, mm -hmm. you know, especially when everyone was quarantined. I think I only quarantined for about three months and I shot, I shot something and then people realized that I was working. And, um, after that I was just working 
the whole time. And during the pandemic, I literally only worked and only stayed home. And I had to get tested pretty much every week and the mm -hmm. entire team every week. So yeah. it was very, it was very strict and it was just work. So now, now that I said I'm starting to go on a down wave, I'm, I'm focusing on projects that mean a lot to me. So I want to create all new work and, and do a show about things that feel a little bit more connective, like on a human scale, like emotionally, things that, uh, imagery that relate more to the human experience, which is the range of, as simple as it sounds, the range of emotions that we experience, yeah. all set to stylistic photographs that connect to people that people can relate to. You know, fashion is really cool and, and working in all these kind of like, uh, getting these opportunities to photograph these really exciting people is great, but I also want to create imagery that really connects to people on an emotional level and, and feel like they can relate to that in some way. And maybe it can help them um, think about something or get over something, or maybe just unlock emotions, something, you know, like it's not always about being just like cool or working with these people. It's, it's, it's really about, what can I say as an artist? And that's really from now until the end of the year, I really just want to concentrate on imagery for myself that feels really connected. I'm into that. I can't wait to see all of that. And you said it's going to be, you're hoping to put it like in a show type of setting. Yeah. You know, um, I know you have lots of experience in um, publishing books, but I don't have a book and I've always wanted to. And I, I don't think I'm at a place where I have a, I want to put like a retrospective of my career out yet, mm -hmm. but I do want to make like a small book of images that pertain to what I just talked about. Yeah, so exactly. I was thinking about maybe starting my own gallery and, and maybe nice. renting, a, renting a space for a couple months, opening it up as a gallery so I can show everything I want and sell a book also in it you know so make a book make a gallery show like if you can't buy the piece you can buy the book you know what i mean that's exciting yeah and you know the great thing about the time that we live in now is we don't always necessarily need a gallery or an agency or all the stuff that we needed to before we can do it all ourselves and we can just put it out you know yeah and and so i'm i'm really i'm really focused on having an uncensored kind of show that lets me do whatever i want and connect exactly how i want to without having to be so worried about this piece might sell better than this piece or i just want to tell a story and it, it all makes sense or be like have continuity you know i would love to go to that yeah. <laughs> what would it be called oh no it's joseph jasso <laughs> no no it would be the opposite of that so i did also i did get to show my work during the pandemic. In fact, I did, I participated in four gallery shows and two of them were like a solo show, which was great and kind of scary at the same time. And the show was called Oh No, It's Joseph Jasso, mm -hmm. which is like a, you know, sounds funny. And I, I only focused on pop art, playful imagery, colorful things that kind of had a sense of levity you know, that weren't so serious because we were in the in the height of a pandemic that everyone was terrified to go anywhere or do anything. Yeah. And so I didn't want to 
bring up anything emotional or anything heavy. I just wanted it to be like colorful, fun, and light. And um, I got to do two shows. One of them was in the Beverly Center at the Lost War Halls. And, and the second one was a, a gallery called the O Gallery. And at the O Gallery, it was the, the War Hall show was like a small version of the big of the second show. And the second show I showed like 28 images and it was great. I got to create installation sets, design, everything inside the show was inflatable. Like all the furniture was inflatable. There was inflatables in the air. There was like, it was, it was really fun. And the, the, the facade of the gallery was really cool because it was all Xeroxes. So all of these, these black and whites. Mm -hmm. of the name of the show and then a picture of just my head so it was that's cool it was this kind of like black and white xerox wall right mm -hmm. and then you opened the door and it opened up to this like colorful world so it's kind of like the wizard of oz you know mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's so much fun yeah i just wanted the show to be fun and not heavy and light-hearted and i was really happy you know because at the time i was thinking about these more serious images but it was just not the time to do that i felt because the pandemic was already heavy enough you know yeah so now i'm in a place where i feel like i can show that sweet what's one thing you can't live without as an artist uh, <laughs> um my uh extension cord <laughs> i i had this like orange roll-up extension cord that I take with me to every sh every photo shoot, and without fail, suddenly I need it. You yeah. know, and so without that thing, I've been so many jams. <laughs> it's your life support. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally what's connected to this light right now. That's lighting. You know, like this this extension cord is like the best thing on earth. <laughs> what's something you like to do in your spare time? Uh, I like to dance. I, I do like to like read. I like to just spend time at home. I've been kind of a homebody. I don't know if it's the pandemic that's kind of created that or this kind of routine that I've created, but I, I, I like to be at home. You know, I, I moved like a year ago to a, a nicer place and I, I spent the past year kind of really putting it together and I'm, I'm really happy with my space and just being here. And you know, for the longest time I had to work out of here. So it was nice to just be home, you know? But I'm a people person too. I like to see people. I like to go to things. I'm, I'm starting to go out. And now that the pandemic is letting up a little bit and people feel more free and more, I don't know, able to go out, like I pretty much say yes to everything I'm invited to because I had two years of just solid nose, hard yeah. nose. <laughs> I heard that. Okay, uh, we're going to take a little nap, but we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, bitches. If you feel like spreading your patronage, visit the Jono Shop. Limited edition prints, zines, t-shirts, postcards, and more. Use discount code J-A-B-B-R for 15% off your order at jonophoto.com. Welcome back, bitches. We're in our second segment right now talking about personal style with Joseph Jossip. So, Joseph, 
Can you tell me a little bit about your personal style? Like from what you wear to decor? Uh, you know, I feel like the way that I dress is a direct representation of the work that I make. Mm -hmm. So I like to look like my imagery or my imagery likes to look like me, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I like to dress up. I always feel like uh, dressing up has always been enrolling and, and looking nice is always easier to, uh, I don't know, get where I need to go, you know? Um, uh, my personal style, I think the way that I dress is somewhere in between three things. Uh, I love the way businessmen dress. I love suits. I love wearing a suit. I think nothing is more attractive than undressing a well-dressed man in a suit. <laughs> uh -huh. And, and um, so I love suiting. I love uniform. Like, like I love like leather daddy uniforms or like biker uniforms. Yeah. Like, like that whole like leather man look. And I love the sporty look of like Italian boxers. So I think the way that I dress is a hybrid of those three things. It's, or sometimes all three at the same time, but it's like uh, boxers and leather daddies and businessmen. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. A question is, is that a Muppet on the wall? What, what is that? No, actually this is a dress. Um, during the pandemic, the very, very, very first photo shoot I did was a shoot um, called Essential Dressing for Essential Shopping. Mm -hmm. And the concept was based around uh, the pandemic, really. It, it, was, it was the only time we saw each other was at the grocery store. The only place people were ever seen was at the grocery store. And... Where I lived at the time, across the street, was a carniceria that I used to go every day and, and uh, buy the Mexican bottled Coke from. Mm -hmm. So they knew me very well. And um, we asked them if it was okay if we did a photo shoot there, and they said yes. And so um, I put together, I called it a COVID team of, of uh, stylists and makeup and and models and people that were willing to shoot and it was three months into the pandemic mind you and so we did this editorial and one of the dresses that the model wore was this one and it's designed by b Kala, which is my favorite designer ever um uh brad who's the designer for b Kala, uh and have be and i have become friends and um i just remember when we shot this dress we shot it, I think, on a Thursday, and the, the wardrobe stylist, his name was Adrian, he lived in the same building as me, and asked him when he was going to return it. He said it was going to be like on a Monday. So I asked him if I could hold on to the dress from Thursday until Monday over the weekend, because mm -hmm. I couldn't stop looking at it. For some reason, I was just mesmerized, and every time I looked at it, it made me so happy, and it was just so beautiful. And so... I had it over the weekend at my house and eventually I just, I think, I think it was like Sunday. I called um, the designer and asked him if I can buy it off of him. And he did. He let me, he let me purchase it and I can't fit into it, but I use it as. That was going to be my second question. <laughs> it's, it's like a sample size. I don't know what it is. It's, it's really small. And, um, uh, but I use it as a piece of soft sculpture in my house and, and my bedroom is com like my, my, my apartment is pretty maximalist in aesthetic, 
but my bedroom is completely minimal. There's literally just a bed, two nightstands, and this piece of art, and that's it. And the first thing I see when I open my eyes in the morning is this bright green, and it just makes me so happy. I love that. Yeah. It's iconic, uh, iconic in a moment. Yeah, and also this is the dress that was in um, that movie, Anywhere, Everything at the Same Time all, all at Once or whatever. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I rented it to them to use, and I had no idea what it was for, and then it was actually for this big film, and it's like one of the most like, notable looks in the entire film. That's awesome. Yeah. I did something with Brad um, for Bikala at uh, LA Fashion, no, New York Fashion Week. Um, the my friends at L'Oreal and I did uh, some behind the scenes stuff for them, and it led to this fashion show. Very and cool. It was, and it was at uh, I think I met you there. You were there, I think. It was at three dollar bill. Oh yeah! Oh my god, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you were naked. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was fully clothed, but it was very see through. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was wearing this um, crystallized mesh. Uh, shirt and and shorts that were made by Michael Brambilla. Nice, I remember. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I know that bitch. And I went ran up, ran up to go take a picture with you. Yeah. And I was like, look, I was like, oh my god, you naked. <laughs> <laughs> How many closets do you have? I have two. Um, I have one closet that's nothing but coats and jackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more than anything, I my clothing fetish would be jackets and coats. Okay. I have every type of jacket, every type of motorcycle jacket, every type of sleeping bag jacket, every type of, like I have so many coats and it's so funny because we live in LA and it's always hot, <laughs> you know, but, the but you get I that like, one chance a year to like pull something yeah, out and just be like, yeah, have like a moment. Yeah, on yeah. This. I feel a little cold. I'll throw on a jacket <laughs> and I love coats because, you know, you can wear the same shirt and pants all the time but you wear a different jacket and it's a completely different look always you know yeah. so sometimes i suffer you know sometimes yeah. it's too hot to wear some of the things i wear but i don't really care it looks fine you know and i commit to it so if we were to go shopping one day what's the first thing that you would gravitate towards jackets and hats okay. i love a good hat and it's always a coat you know mm-hmm. Always. Can you tell me a little bit about your outfit today? So basically what I'm wearing has been kind of my uniform or like my quote unquote sweats. Um, you know, during the pandemic, everyone wore sweats all the time. And, and uh, now that that's kind of like going away, I threw all the sweats away because I don't want to be that person anymore. So I started wearing these normal Kamali jumpsuits, which are basically like wearing the most comfortable jumpsuit it's like wearing my sweat like wearing sweats but with a lot more style (laughs) i mean it looks super comfortable but chic at the same time yeah yeah they're great i have a few of these now um slowly but surely is becoming my favorite brand because it's really comfortable and really stylish and you know i shoot in these all the time like i love these jumpsuits and it's acid wash it's very 80s Uh and of course i'm wearing la iWorks they're like the only glasses I wear. They're my favorite clients and one of the coolest eyewear brands ever. And they're LGBT and it's just, at this point, they're family. I've been shooting for them for about 10 years now, which is a gift. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Funny thing you say that about the LA Iwerks and then connecting it to that Elvira campaign. Yeah. Um, when I saw that come out, I knew where the flagship store was on, on Melrose. And yes. I ran over there and I asked if there was any promos or anything that they had. And then they whipped out a postcard for me that was like the Elvira print with your name on it. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha I, I have that somewhere. I love that photograph. You know, it was really funny. It was like, like your eyes, you couldn't really focus on all of it at once, you know? And so like in the camera, the camera did the same exact thing. Almost in every photograph, there was always something like out of focus just because <laughs> the depth of field was so crazy. Like some of the photographs, <laughs> I think I think even actually the, the photo ended up using her boobs were more in focus than the face. <laughs> and it's an, it's an eyewear campaign, you know? But it was funny because uh, it was either like this was really in focus or the hair was really in focus uh -huh. or the boobs were really in focus. But like not all of it could get in focus because there was just so much to look at. <laughs> and we're like, so oh, wait, funny. we need to retake that. The left boob is a little bit sharper than the right one. <laughs> Whatever is in that costume, it's like magic. <laughs> mm. There's there's actually metal in there. There's like there's yeah. some there's technology in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> she actually customized that whole It defies gravity, it defies nature. Mm. It's 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 amazing. also bulletproof. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I believe that. it also it also busts through gates, right? <laughs> yeah. You can get text messages and large files too. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She was the best. <laughs> if you could raid one person's closet, living or dead, who would it be? Oh my god! Um, well, of course. Um, just out of curiosity, I mean, because I couldn't wear any of the stuff, but out of curiosity, uh, Amanda Laporte for sure, because there's so much there. Where she lives is, is basically been converted into one massive closet, uh -huh. um, and it's so organized. And so, like, every piece goes together. If you've ever been to her house, she has these, like, hat boxes that stack up all the way to the ceiling. And each hat box has, like, the purple dress with the purple fur, with the purple stockings, with the purple, like, underwear, mm. with the purple shoes, right? Yeah. And every single dress, all the gloves, everything, they're all stoned. She stones everything herself also. Wow. She has all these things made for her because her, her body's proportions are, are... It's a little insane. different. They're insane. So everything has to be made for her. But then she... Like her passion and her art really is stoning. And she goes in sometimes like for a whole month on one dress or one piece. I had no idea. That's, yeah. that's so cool. And it adds... To her craft oh dude, when she has any free time she's over there stoning <laughs> like i don't know how much glue she's probably huffed in her lifetime but she's <laughs> like she's always stoning it's always she's always working on something it's so cool and she has everything you know she has like every color every like she has like her closet i could just imagine i've only seen some of it i could just imagine what all is in there yeah. If she has dresses, I I love that I've never seen in person. 
Wow. But I mean, I couldn't wear any of that stuff. But like, if there's someone I could just actually like have a day and peek through their closet, uh-huh. it would definitely be her. Because under it's so glamorous, and underneath the glamour is even more glamour. Like the way she thinks is just so insane. When we did her music video, she we we uh, rented out that strip club here in LA called Cheetahs. Oh yeah, and the music video was like kind of a, a, an homage to. Uh, 2000s music videos like where remember those JLo videos where she had the song and then in the middle of the video she had like a dance break that was a yeah. completely different song oh and, then it, went back, and yes. then it went back to the yes. song right so I worked I worked really uh, I worked with this amazing video artist his name is Zaybear and we did the video together and that's what uh, I wanted was this like long film <laughs> and so a dance break for Amanda Lepore would be a burlesque striptease, right? Yeah. So we we rented out the strip club, and she 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 did her her whole burlesque act, and it was so cool because she had these like plain gloves on, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, like burlesque is taking off, but when she took the gloves off, she pulled the gloves, and she had another pair of gloves that were completely <laughs> covered in crystals. So she like she stripped to something even more glamorous. You know what I mean? I love it was that. amazing. It's like that, that mind, I can't, when it comes to that, she's like beyond PhD. She's the most glamorous person on earth. Well, she's been doing it for a minute. And so like, she has to come up with these ideas and like just mastering every single one that she's been coming out with. So oh, like, she's, she's the master. Yeah. Would you want to continue making videos? Because like, that was a pretty iconic video. Would directing videos be like something you would want to do more? You know, I I have always had this kind of like say yes and let's see how it can happen. You know, when I got asked to do the music video, I never had done video before. And I, I collaborated with an artist who is an amazing video artist, Zay Bear. And him and I have been working together. Um, you know, like I like to have teams of people, you know, and so... Him and I started working together on photo shoots. So anytime I had like a big photo shoot, I would have him come and we would work together and he would create these really great fashion films while I shot. And the way he works was incredible. Like he, like a fly on the wall, like he would be shooting while I was shooting, but yeah. wasn't in the way. And he would get these really great, great angles. It was, it was just really great. And so... I felt really comfortable when she asked me to do her music video and, and we did, and we did that video. And then, you know, anytime you put out work, it puts you in circulation even more, you know, that's why I think it's important. You know, I, I do love working and having the paid clients and the paid jobs, but it's also important to say yes to uh, just creating art, you know, and, and working on projects that don't pay you and aren't only about the money or the business, mm-hmm. you know, and it keeps you in circulation, you know, and, and, um, to a degree, to a degree, not everybody gets a gold ticket. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but the difference between that is, was you get to say yes. Yes. Like it's, it's your decision to say yes to that. And no one gets to tell you yes for you. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, I think, but, but keeping in circulation. So, when we did Amanda's video, 
you know, I had never considered myself to necessarily be like a video artist. And I said yes to it. And we created this amazing film. And I was really proud of it. And then it led to more work, you know, so I, I never say no to things like that. It's just a matter of production. And, you know, how can we actually execute it? I love that. But I would say first and foremost, my number one love is photography. Uh, I think I get the most excited about the still image, capturing the moment and, you know, creating just still, you know? So who, what inspires you? People. It's always people. Creative people. People, like I said, how they present themselves, but also people who are artists themselves. Yeah. I'm always inspired by the team that I work with. You know, the makeup artists, the hairstylists, the wardrobe people, like the people that I'm friends with inspire me, you know, and it's it's what I like to have in my life. I, I want to be around people that inspire me and also make me want to be better at what I do, you know, so it's always people, you know, because it, it's incredible what we can create. It, it just blows my mind that someone is so fascinated about this one thing that they do that they spend so much time doing it and then create these like things that seem impossible you know it's, it blows my mind yeah and you can see that with like work you know how people when they're when they when you have like a really good team and they're all very good at what they do and yeah. it's like because it, it, it can flop but like when you have everybody that's all on the same wavelength and you have everyone that knows exactly what's going to happen and your expectations their expectations you make magic yeah and it's an energy right like mm -hmm. how many times have you been on set where you've been shooting and everyone feels that it's happening like you guys are like in a moment where everybody feels it all at the same time like we got the shot you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and it's not just you that feels it, it's everyone else because it's like a energy that's just bouncing everywhere, you know? Yeah. It, it is magic. And it, it really is. is. When you, when you see that image, like when you, when you see an image that you love that you just created and you're just like, look at, you know, like your friends and you, who, who you made it with and you're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, and, 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 and sometimes, I mean, it's not always, sometimes there's images that kind of pop out of nowhere that like, wow, I can't believe I got that. But, but also sometimes when you're in that moment, you know that photograph, like yeah. that was when everything started coming together. Yeah. Have you ever looked back at your work, like after you've already finished, like your edits and everything, and you just happen to go look back at like, like the, the number fours instead of the, instead of the number fives. Like, you ever look back at some of those and be like, hey, that was good. How come I never shared that? Oh, I know. Yeah, I I do. Um, you know, my, my taste changes. You know, we grow. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the things that we thought were cool might have been too much or something. But yeah, yeah I, but I don't, I mean, I, I revisit them on my own, but I, I've never really gone back to like, re-edit or rework them i don't know sometimes i just close the door on that and just keep moving forward i i've done it a few times and i'm just like how come i never shared that like <laughs> like that's like a really cool one but you know but there is a couple images that i i remember that um i haven't posted or put out and i should i should you know uh there's some photos i, I did of dita that was really cool that were never part of the set that came out on nylon 
I shot it for nylon years ago. Mm. I, I did this one photograph where um, it was really cool. We shot her as this like Marlene Dietrich character. So she mm. was in this like tuxedo, masculine, like pants, jacket, bow tie, top hat. And we had uh, all these male models and they were straight male models. And we put them all in um, lingerie, like like lacy underwear and pantyhose and like garter belts and like corsetry and things like that. And it's so funny because they were so squirmy. Like when we were shooting, when, when we were putting them in the wardrobe, they were so squirmy because they were wearing like quote unquote girly clothes, you know, uh-huh. even though all of the lingerie was made for men it still was lingerie and and they're kind of like, you know, their set image was totally against, like their image was not that, you know, their agency agreed to it and they agreed to it because it was for a magazine. It was with a celebrity. Um, But uh, I remember there was one image in particular where she was uh, in the suit and all four guys were holding her like, and she was laid across and she was like that, you know? And it was this really beautiful photograph and it didn't make the cut. I think just because there was too many images in the set, but I never posted it either. And no one's ever seen it. Also, the first time I ever shot Rose McGowan, we did some really cool kind of like biker daddy looks on her. Uh-huh. And she looked great. And they never came out either. I, I mean, I guess I could revisit it, but I'm always kind of like, I did that. What's next? What's next? I'm always kind of moving forward. <clears throat> It could also be fun to share it too. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes I have nothing to post, right? (laughs) Content. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny that you said like getting like a straight guy to do that, you know, specific type of role and whatnot. It is so, uh, it's one of my like things that I like to do on my spare time, (laughs) at least when I was single, uh, was to make straight men, you know, like, do things that you know like they never expected to ever do in their, in their lives and it's like amazing to see like them walk out in heels and whatnot yeah i, I think it was what it was was a conscious decision because i didn't want um i didn't want that like fierce gay energy which i uh-huh. love let me all my photographs are very gay and my work is very gay but like i didn't want that like fierce gay work bitch energy i wanted just kind of like I wanted them to still hold this kind of like, I don't know, this straight kind of masculine, like they're almost overcompensating for the fact that they were wearing girly clothes, you know what I mean? Quote unquote. And that was the energy I wanted. And they, they did. I mean, they modeled their asses off and they try to project this still kind of tough, you know, macho-ness while wearing this like frilly, undergarments which was exactly the feeling i wanted you know like like she was still the dom of all of them yeah and they still had and they still had their kind of like dom energy you know mm-hmm. i don't know that, that was the vibe it's the power of drag <laughs> you know what was funny though dita and i were laughing halfway through the shoot like they were like touching their legs and they were like <laughs> feeling up on the pantyhose and, and, you know, you can tell secretly they were loving yeah. the silkiness of the way they were feeling and how, you know, lingerie is luxury, you know what I mean? And, like, the way that stuff feels is very sensual, right? And I think it was their first experience of 
having that on them, you know, uh-huh. and they were just like touching it and loving it. And, and we were laughing at them because you could tell, like, they put up such a fight yeah. about having to wear it at first. Like there was all, all of them were wearing like these like lacy underwear and there was only one pair of boxers and they were like fringy boxers uh-huh. and all four of them were fighting to wear the boxers because <laughs> they didn't want to wear like the, the frilly, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And, but by the end of it, they were loving it. They like, they loved, they, Dita left after we did, we shot everything so fast and so efficiently that we still had more time in the studio. I ended up just shooting the guys and they still left all the laundry on. They loved it. You know, <laughs> they went home in it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So Halloween is coming up in a few weeks. Uh, what's your What's your big plans for Halloween? I don't really know so much yet. I've been I'm starting to get invited to a couple parties. Um, I don't know. I definitely am going to be out. Last year I didn't do anything because um, we were still kind of in the pandemic, and it was kind of weird for me to like think about going to a huge event. But now I'm so ready. Um, so I am pretty set on what i'm gonna be for halloween Mm -hmm. i think so now i'm just kind of like working out a bunch and making sure that i look really good in it. (laughs) nice so what what are you gonna be i was thinking about being a playboy bunny (laughs) like i not necessarily like wearing drag or anything like that but just like having like the whole get up like with the the corset unitard or whatever and the cuffs and the the bow tie and the cufflinks and the bunny and the bunny ears and everything like that, the bunny tail, uh-huh. but just like wearing like combat boots maybe, or like, I don't know, like I love that. Uh, Italian boots or something with the pantyhose. I mean, it's kind of like what I dressed those guys in. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Yeah. Like I said, I want to look like, I want to look like my work. <laughs> so we're coming to the tail end of our episode. The bunny Joseph- tail. Yes, the bunny tail. Uh, where can we find your work? Uh, on social media, everything is Joseph Jasso Photo. It's J-O-S-E-F-J-A-S-S-O Photo. Um, and then my website is just my name, josephjasso.com. Um, the best way to see my work probably is on my website and my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and look out for upcoming shows and projects. Yeah. And... And hopefully a book, you know? Yeah, and give him a follow because his work is amazing and he posts amazing stuff. You too, John. I love the way that you photograph men. It's so beautiful. And the way that you use colored light is is masterful. Thank you. I have to shoot you soon. I'm totally down. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this little spotlight with Joseph Josso. And have a good night. Bye. Thank you. This is Jabber Podcast, executive produced by John Madison. If you have a question, comment, topic, or story you want to share, we want to hear it. Email jabbrpod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone or their subtitle parties. Intro and outro, LA Step by We. Oh,